Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to fade the chalk. Fade the chalk. Presented by the FTN Network, helping you win your fantasy leagues and dominate in DFS. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Brown and Adam Pfeiffer. What is up, everybody? Week 10 is here in the NFL season. Welcome back to Fade the Chalk, presented, of course, by the FTN Network. My name is Adam Pfeiffer. To break down the Week 10 main slate in DFS, hopefully everybody's having a good week so far. And to break down this slate, had to bring on Mr. David Jones from FTN Daily, dominating showdown slates, dominating DFS in every sport. Feels like every other day he's taking something down, uh, so had to get him on the pod to break this slate down. David, first of all, welcome. How, how's it going? And uh, we've talked, but congrats again on the Atlanta Braves, man. It's an exciting time. All right. That's a good way to start the show. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. Go Braves, big Atlanta guy. You know, I, I still I smile every day, ever ever since we've won the championship. I really do. I drove past the park today, man. I'm just a, a happy guy. I'm glad Atlanta finally did it. The Falcons don't look like they're going to back up the Braves this year, unfortunately. Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs uh, might have a run, but I'm not a Georgia Bulldogs fan, Alabama guy here. But And then, you know what? If, like, the, the Hawks would have pulled something crazy last year, which they almost did yeah. against the Milwaukee Bucks, they could have beaten the Suns in the championship. So, Atlanta, sports town. But uh, I'm happy to be on, uh, talk to you about the uh, the main slate over on DraftKings, over on FanDuel. I, I've had uh, my biggest week uh, was, what, three or four weeks ago. Almost took down the Millie, came in third place. And this week is my second favorite week of the season so far, aside from that week. So I, I'm ready to get in and talk about the plays. My article's up at FTN Daily, but we will break it down. Nice. Yeah. Before we get started, I want to plug a few things over at FTN Daily. So uh, we launched, I believe, two days ago, FTN Daily Gold, which it launched the day of the beginning of college basketball season. And it is a pretty much all inclusive package, right? You get content and uh, discord for NHL, college basketball, college football, tennis, soccer, esports, all for one low price. It's over at FTN Daily Gold. You can sign up today again all-inclusive nhl college basketball college football esports tennis and soccer over at ftn daily gold go check that out there is a uh you can check it out on the main site you can go to the twitter account it's all there and then i want to shout out kyle murray who took down a basketball tournament over on fanduel on wednesday night and look his 
lineups and everything that he had in that lineup and everything that went through his process. And he broke it down on his show, The Optimal. He, it was from the NBA Optimizer, which is, you know, the optimizer for all sports is unbelievable. NFL, NBA, the optimizer is something you need to use every single time you're looking to play DFS, uh, as well as checking out David's content, especially in Showdown. David, talk about some of the stuff you have over at FTN Daily, you know, as we speak. And of course, today's Thursday, so you'll be doing, you know, content and I believe the live stream for the Thursday night game for Showdown between the Ravens and Dolphins tonight. Yeah, so I write up the uh, the showdown slates. I've had really good success with those over my career in DFS, and I, I write up like the the position by position stuff. But then, really, for me, it's more about using like uh, rules for the optimizer to make sure your lineups correlate, especially if you're doing a lot of different entries. Uh, it's been successful for me, man. And we talk about it on the show. I, I literally write the rules down in the article of what you need to punch into the optimize and then, uh, you know, maybe make a decision or two on your own and, and hit optimize and hopefully win some money. I mean, we've had subs winning big money. I've won some big money. We've had mm-hmm. a couple of uh, our uh, content providers win big money. So DraftKings is running this like million dollar contest every showdown. And I tied it once for first, but it was like tied with a lot of people. And I got like $6,000 or something. Uh, and then people like trolled me on Twitter, but I want to win this thing solo, man. I'm getting close. I want to win a million dollars. I'm sure everyone does. And like people don't like hearing me talk about it because I win, you know, some decent money sometimes, but I want the million dollars and I'm coming for it tonight and then I'm coming for it again on Sunday. Maybe that don't maybe, matter, man. Brady, Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls. You think he doesn't want to win another? Bro, he's going to win another. He's going to win he a very well, Mike. Like, yeah. Probably this year. I mean, he's just too good. If, if what he says about trying to play till he's 50 is true, I mean, we, he's he's going to get double digits. I think he wants 12 to match the jersey number, but that's going to be a tall order. Yeah, and look, this is why we're professionals, right? I mean, you talk about a segue. That is the first game we're talking about on this slate. Tampa Bay at Washington kicks us off. Um, the Bucks a little bit banged up offensively here. Chris Godwin didn't practice Thursday, looking very questionable for Sunday. Antonio Brown still not practicing either. Um, he did, I believe, shed the walking boot, but they might be without Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski for this game. So if that's the case, David, you know, it's Thursday afternoon. Let's, let's go into this assuming that they're without all three receivers. Mike Evans, obviously a smash play, right? It's funny because like, I feel like every time Tom Brady's on a slate, the, one of the best avenues for success in DFS is play Brady, double stack him, and maybe run it back because they're, Obviously, there's so much upside, but they're throwing inside the five up by 20 points. Like, they don't care. So, with that being said, Evans would be the clear guy if these guys are out. But then we could get some potential value with 3,300 Tyler Johnson, who over the last two games has run a route on about 70% or nearly 70% of of the dropbacks. Yeah, that would be really interesting if Chris Godwin was out. So, I wrote in my article last night thinking that Godwin is probably going to play, but we just have to... Wait and see. Like, maybe the foot's worse than I thought. And, like, because he's been exploding the past two weeks. I mean, it's Godwin, it's Evans, especially when you don't have Brown, when you don't have Gronk. We all know that. But if Godwin is out, I mean, uh, like, you you just have to have Mike Evans, I think. Like, yeah, Tyler Johnson's a great salary saver, and I would recommend playing him as well. But, I mean, Mike Evans would be such a target monster. He'd get, like, 16 targets in this game, and I'm not exaggerating. Going up against Washington, uh, they're only behind the Colts, I think, for the most receiving touchdowns allowed with 20. Uh, you got the Tampa Bay Bucks coming off a bye. Washington also coming off a bye, by the way. But the secondary of the Washington hasn't been good. Obviously, Landon Collins in the slot, allowing like a 71% catch rate. You've got Kendall That's Fuller. That's so allowing- bad that he's playing he- slot corner for them. That's so bad. <laughs> he, he, I thought, like, I had a high – I mean, and he, he – 
he's been in the league a little while now. I was expecting a little bit more for Collins, but yeah, he's not. It he's been he's, great, he's so. like yeah, he's not a coverage safety though. So now that he's playing like slot for the, it's 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 rough, man. Yeah, I agree. But you you would just have to get Mike Evans in there. It's just too easy and obvious to mm-hmm. not do it. And then if like he were to fail, which he won't, then you just say okay, well I played Mike Evans when everyone else in the yeah. offense is gone. But you also have to think about Leonard Fournette here too. Great so, call. Yeah, so Lenny Fournette, he's super cheap over on DraftKings, and he's just been getting it done just as much as these wide receivers have, depending on game script or whatever. But he would be highly involved in the pass game as well as the uh, the run game. So I would like Lenny, and I would love Mike Evans if God works out. Yeah, the Fournette call is great because everybody's going to play Mike Evans. Like like the last two weeks before their bye, Chris Godwin has been one of the more popular receivers in the slate because AB's been out and he's been smashing. Like Evans will be at least that popular, I would imagine. And then a lot of people are going to play 3,300 Tyler Johnson, which is, is perfectly fine. But, like, nobody's going to go to Fournette because they just want to go to the passing options. But Fournette is getting – I mean, he's had at least five targets in five straight games – or four of five games, rather. And in the one game he did, and he had four targets. Like, he's getting really consistent work in the passing game. And if they're without Godwin, Gronk, and A.B., all of a sudden we have a, an offense that we've grown accustomed to being – it could be, a, you know, anybody's game on any given week to, oh, it's it's Evans, it's – Leonard Fournette and it's, you know, Tyler Johnson. So I love Fournette, even though Washington's been more of a pass funnel. It doesn't matter when he's going to get upwards of seven, eight targets, potentially, if all these guys are out. Uh, and the, yeah, the matchup's obviously unbelievable. Washington, third highest passing touchdown rate allowed in the NFL. They allow the most points per drive. So, you know, Brady and company are going to move the ball at will in this game. Um, and then obviously Brady, yeah, play him. He's great too. Um, for Washington, like we often talk about, I, I mentioned it, you, you know, you play the Brady stacks and you run it back. The obvious choice here would be Terry McLaurin, but like he is not cheap on DraftKings. He's 7,600. I think he's very overpriced. I, I love the player, but he's obviously been up and down this year because the quarterback situation in Washington is not great. He's obviously going to see like a 30% target share and there's a usage, uh, kind of by situation tool we have over at FTN Fantasy. And you can look at like players' target shares and everything in certain situations. So you look when the, you know, when he, when a player is down, let's say you can say by, you can sort it by nine to 13 points. Terry McLaurin is a 30% target share. And I think we would, we would agree that at some point or maybe early, Washington will be down by nine to 13 points, maybe more. So like, you know, he's getting a massive target share. My issue is he's, he's the third, fourth most, uh, fourth most expensive receiver on DraftKings behind Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, and Justin Jefferson. Like, I think that's a little high. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot too. I mean, you've also got like both these teams we mentioned coming off of by Tampa Bay. Like they know that you have to plan for Terry McLaurin. and they've been doing it for two weeks. And, and like Tampa Bay, the secondary is getting better. I think through as the season goes on, as you should. Like I remember last season that they were terrible at the beginning, got good at the end. And maybe we're going to see the same thing here. I mean, you'd see McLaurin go seeing a lot of like Jamal Dean, uh, who, I think it's been getting better, only allowing under 50% catch rate. That's good. Um, you've got, I mean, I can't really hype up any of the other guys in the back, in, in the backfield, but I could see like McLaurin getting just double coverage blanketed and they're like, okay, well, you're going to have to force it to Humphreys or somebody like that if you want to beat us. But I agree with you. McLaurin's a little expensive. Um, I, I like there to be more weapons going against Tampa Bay than just one main guy because I feel like they can not take him out. You can't take McLaurin out, but at least slow him down enough to not be optimal when you're the sixth highest pri- or fourth highest priced wide receiver. Yeah, then like there's JD McKissick at five two on DraftKings. Obviously, you're not going to want to play him over on FanDuel. He's got 24 targets the last three games. 
if you want to go there, I guess I'm not playing Antonio Gibson. He's not 100% healthy. He probably won't be at all at any point this season. And it's the worst matchup in the league, obviously. He's not catching passes. So running him up the gut against the best run defense in the NFL seems suboptimal. Um, the only other thing is like Taylor Heineke is probably the cheapest I would go at quarterback this week unless you know, maybe unless you want to go to like PJ Walker or someone. But like even then, I don't feel too excited about Heineke. Yes, they're going to have to throw. Yes, 77% of the yards against Tampa Bay have come through the air. It's the highest or second highest rate in the league. But I just I don't feel great about it. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote him as like a value guy, but when I did that, like at the same time, you don't need him. Like you can spend up at court. You're going to, I mean, you would need a lot of stuff to go right and a lot of these high price quarterbacks to fail for Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. to be on the optimal, in my opinion. All right, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. And David, if I'm telling you right now, as a Bills fan, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the, okay, just win the game. Like if the Bills don't win by 20 plus, I'm going to be pissed. And maybe that's just me being, dramatic but after that last week's embarrassment they got to get the offense going I will say a lot of it might be offensive line related Josh Allen was under pressure on 40 percent of his dropbacks last week um so the interior of their offensive line is bad right now but I I think we expect a bounce back game the Bills though for the first time maybe all year I think the most interesting thing to talk about from a DFS and fantasy perspective might be the backfield Zach Moss in concussion protocol if he doesn't play and I don't believe he practiced Wednesday or Thursday Still in the protocol. I mean, Devin Singletary still wouldn't have massive touchdown equity, but at 4,700 against the Jets team, it allows the most rushing touchdowns per game at 1.9. And last year in the four games, Zach Moss was out. Singletary averaged 15 and a half touches per game. There's a lot to be kind of excited about. He's going to get work in the passing game. What do you think of Singletary if Moss does not play? Uh, I like Singletary enough to to mix him into like my MME stuff. I agree. If Moss is out, then like he's he's too cheap. There's there's other cheap guys that we can potentially target down there, running back to that we'll we'll get to that I'd probably like more. But mm-hmm. I, I agree, Singletary would be a good play for sure against the Jets. What 15 touchdowns on the ground this season? It's right up there with the Houston Texans. I mean, they've been really really bad it, it, through the air too. Um, to me, it kind of just leads me to Josh Allen more. So, like you said, I don't think they're going to give Singletary like 20 touches or anything. And I think that when you're down there in the red zone, that Josh Allen might as well just try and pull it and take it in himself, right? So, you've got the Jets. uh, They've allowed offenses in the red zone, the second – allowed offenses to get in the red zone, second most in the league. Josh Allen leads the league in both red zone throws uh, with 60 and red zone passing touchdowns with 13. So when it gets down to the red zone, if Singletary gets stuffed, it's coming through Josh Allen one way or the other. I'm with you. They're going to bounce back this week. There's no way that they don't get, like, multiple touchdowns this week, in my opinion. Or, like, they're going to crush the Jets. Like, after you have a bad game against the Jaguars and you are an elite offense as the Bills are, then you just come back out and I think you stuff it. Josh Allen's my favorite spend-up quarterback this week. I like him more than Tom Brady, especially if Chris Godwin's out. Uh, and to me, it's a pretty easy call. This guy's averaging 26.4 uh, DK points per game. He's the third best fantasy quarterback in 2021. He's going to have his passing weapons. I love Josh Allen this week. Yeah, and like they've not been able to run the football, which isn't too surprising. But what they've been doing, they've pretty much been using Cole Beasley in the short passing game as an extension of the run. I mean, over the last couple weeks, he got 24 targets over the last two weeks. He is bottom five in both yards before the catch perception and ADOT. Like they're just throwing short passes to Beasley. And I think that keeps him firmly in play in cash games. The floor is really high. He returned to practice Thursday, so should be good to go. 
Um, I, I still have interest in Sanders. Uh, he's you know up there in end zone targets. He's top five in end zone targets. I believe he's top five or six in deep targets as well. So if, if you think the Bills are going to bounce back, uh, yeah, I mean, the, like, and I do think they will. They're too good offensively to uh, to be performing like they have been the past couple weeks. Anybody on the Jets? And I, Michael Carter's usage has been has been solid. The passing game work came down last week, but that was a lot to do with the fact that Mike White got hurt in the first quarter and didn't return. He is going to start in this game. Uh, going into that Thursday night game against the Colts, like forty plus percent of his pass attempts were to running backs. So, assuming he can make it through this entire game, the Jets probably trailing. I mean, Michael Carter could catch up with seven eight passes in this game. Corey Davis, um, he will probably be back. So maybe that takes away from Elijah Moore. Like, does anybody in the Jets really stand out? Probably not. I mean, you know, only have three to four wide receivers I can use or two to three running backs. So uh, a Jets probably not going to make it on my main team. Like you're, you're right about Michael Carter and even Ty Johnson being more involved in the pass game for sure. Um, but uh, like they're not my top tier guys now ever really. No Jets were <laughs> ever my top tier guys. Hey, I, I had my best week in DFS of the season the week Kenneth Gainwell was chalk and I was on this pod telling everybody to play Michael Carter instead and that worked. But but I do agree. This this isn't really the spot for me. The Bills run defense has been amazing. Their defense overall has been the strength of their team, which is kind of surprising given what we saw last season. Let's go to your team. Let's go to the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Um Dallas, another team like Buffalo coming off a really down game offensively. Uh Dak Prescott under 7K on DraftKings. Zeke is 7K flat again. Uh, Amari Cooper was very cheap last game. He and CeeDee Lamb just couldn't get it going. Cooper had a bad drop. Lamb was missed for a deep touchdown. Lamb, after that game, said his ankle was bothering, but he's he's full go now. He, he said he's 100%. Is this a spot similar to Buffalo where it's Dallas, you know, bounce back spot at home. They should be better. Uh, Dak misses Tyron Smith, I will say that. Well, he was under pressure on nearly 40% of his dropbacks last week. Uh, but Atlanta, they're bottom five in pressure rate. So are we expecting... You know, much better uh, days from Dallas's offense here. Yeah, I like Dak. He, I like Dak and the receivers. They're too cheap. So uh, first off, you've got like Zeke dealing with the knee thing still. I think he still plays. Like, but I, you're not going to have to pound it to Zeke twenty times or anything. They, they should beat the Falcons. I think pretty easily, man. So like, I love what Arthur Smith's doing with the pieces he's been given for the Falcons with Patterson getting him involved. These wide receivers stepping up. Matt Ryan looks good. Like, imagine if Matt Ryan right now, the way he's playing, had, like, you know, quality top-tier wide receivers. Like, he's, he's good. Um, but uh, to me, it's the Dallas bounce-back game. So I was digging into this a little bit last week or, or last night when I was writing the article about who the Falcons have played. So the Falcons uh, have been bad against the pass. We know that, right? They're – I don't have it in front of me. What are they? Fourth most touchdowns allowed, seventeen. These are the quarterbacks that they've played that have put them uh, in that category, fourth most touchdowns allowed. This is a bit surprising to me. Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, Zach Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Trevor Simeon, and then Tom Brady dropped five on him. 
I, I roll out those names because they have played like it, it's essentially been backup quarterbacks the entire season, or, or they're going to be backup quarterbacks in two seasons, Zach Wilson. But they're bad against the pass, and when they get someone like Dak, it's going to be the second-best quarterback they've seen the entire time. Then Cooper, still too cheap, should be able to do what he wants. He's eighth most targeted receiver in the red zone. They're getting to the red zone. CeeDee Lamb's 27th. Both of them can go off. One of them's going to. I, I lean with Amari Cooper because the elite home road splits. Yeah, Cooper has been dominant at home since joining Dallas. That's a good point. I do like the matchup for CD. Um, he's going to see a lot of Fabian Moreau, who's been awful this year. He's allowed five touchdowns in coverage, uh, about a 120 passer rating in coverage. Like he's been really bad. Um, but like 7K, Michael Gallup's probably back. Will he be limited in snaps? We'll see, but that'll, you know, just overall does help Dak. I mean, Gallup's got that, you know, downfield, you know, threat ability. Um, I like Dak. I like pairing with CD. You can double stack if you want. I just hope Atlanta can keep this game somewhat competitive because that's when we've really seen Dak passing attempts in three of them, which you didn't expect to see at all. So, but their defense also, I, I, like in the beginning of the year, I really believe their defense is playing over their head. A lot of kind of crazy fluky turnovers. Um, and those turnovers haven't been happening the last couple weeks and they've been giving up a lot of yards and a lot. They've already been like, they give a lot of yards all year. It's just they've been getting turnovers to kind of, mask that but like leading into that like I actually don't hate Matt Ryan here at 6k like he's been he's thrown now let's see multiple touchdown passes in six of his eight games like you said like even without Calvin Ridley there like he's been doing enough they're going to be trailing in this game I'm not a believer in Dallas's secondary yes Trayvon Diggs is turn is getting turnovers but you look at that he's allowed I think the most yardage in coverage like he's he's a ultimate like boomer bust corner and then Anthony Brown, not great either. Like Micah Parsons is really their best defensive player, and nobody's talking about it. And then their pass rush is completely depleted with injuries. Uh, still without Demarcus Lawrence. Now I think Randy Gregory, who's had a great year, is going to be out. So this might actually be a good spot for Matt Ryan. The problem is, like, who do you stack him with? You would say Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has been out wide about forty percent of the time the last two weeks, and as a result of that, because he's essentially playing wide receiver, he's been you know he was covered a lot by um Stefan Gilmore a couple weeks ago last week he, I believe he saw a little bit of Lattimore so like teams are viewing him he, he was covered by Xavier Howard against Miami so like Kyle Pitts is talented enough to win against these outside corners but it does make the matchup not as appealing when you're you know in the slot in the middle against linebackers and safeties yeah I mean it, it's it's tough to know who to stack him with right like Russell Gage can completely disappear where he can catch two touchdowns or Zacchaeus same thing Tajay Sharp I don't know doubt it Cordero Patterson's the best offensive weapon on the team right now. Really weird thing to say. Weird in the thing. league. In the league, actually. In the league, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so so uh, Cordero's fine. He, he's he's cheap enough to get. He's like 6'1", 6'2", or something over on DraftKings. And I think he was on the Million Maker winner last week, maybe. I don't know. He had a good game. Uh, he's going to get his touches. All good. I don't think I, – I, I just don't think I need to get to one of these Falcons pass catchers. Uh, and I, I doubt I play Matt Ryan because I just want to spend up at quarterback. But, I mean, yeah, he, he's been playing good this year. Yeah, and there's also a quarterback from this next game we'll talk about. It's $100 cheaper than Matt Ryan on DraftKings that I prefer, and that is Carson Wentz. His Colts at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wentz's wife is supposed to have yep. uh, a child on Sunday, but he said he's going to play. So 5900 on DraftKings. Wentz has been very good this year. Again, we kind of talked about this pre-show He's been, his numbers are good. He has a couple just awful decisions every week, but overall the surface numbers look good. 
And this is obviously a great spot, right? Yes, Jacksonville just somehow shut down Buffalo's offense last week. That we, we expect that to be kind of a blip on the radar. And it's a good matchup here, obviously. Um, Carson Wentz, that elite, like the Colts offensive line is fully healthy. I think Braden Smith's questionable, but other than that, like they're finally, they've been fully healthy the last couple weeks and it's shown, right? They're just, they're just, Jonathan Taylor's getting loose every game. Wentz has been under pressure just 26% of his dropbacks over since week six. That's the sixth lowest rate in the league. So you have the offensive line protecting him. Michael Pittman's an emerging star. You have everything you need, plus the matchup's good. Jacksonville allowing the second-highest completion percentage against play action and the third-most yards per attempt at 9.9. And Wentz's 104 dropbacks and 98 pass attempts off play action are both second-most in the league behind Lamar Jackson. So I am all about Carson Wentz this week. I'm not expecting Jacksonville's defense to have a repeat performance of what we saw in Week 9. Yeah, Carson Wentz is my favorite mid-tier or spin down, however you, however you want to look at it. Um, all the things you just said, great matchup. Uh, and then I want to stack him up with Michael Pittman. I, I'll play Pittman without Wentz, but I like Wentz to Pittman, obviously. Um, so Pittman leads the team in targets, 71 targets so far this season. He's got all five of his last, all five of his touchdowns on the season in his last five games. To me, that's just solidifying the the um, I guess the connection between Wentz and Wentz and Pittman. It's like okay, yeah, this is my guy. The only other receiver on the team with over ten catches on the season, only, only other guy with over ten catches is Zach Pascal. So and they all it, came like the first two weeks. Yeah, and it came like week one. Yeah, and week two. But Pittman's gonna get fed here, uh, like no doubt about it. Uh, I love him. He's probably my favorite wide receiver on the week going up against Jacksonville. It, the Colts are going to score. If it's not coming through the air. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. We just got breaking news. Okay. Odell Beckham is finalizing a deal with. Do you want to guess? I I, 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 uh, I mean, I'm just going to guess. I don't think it's the Saints the way that you came off that. I'm going to say Tampa Bay. It's the Los Angeles Rams. No way. Really? Wow. <sighs> yeah. Odell Beckham is the third best receiver on that team. That just bumped. I, I guess so. I mean, Van. I, I, how's that going to work? I mean, oh, that's, I, I just Van thought Jefferson. of that, man. I love Van Jefferson. Damn, that just kind of pissed me off, actually. But yeah, there you have it, Odell Beckham. I did not mean to interrupt you, but I just I saw that, really. and it just kind of shocked me because because while you were talking, uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted that his finalists were the Rams and the Packers, and he was going to come up to, with a decision soon. Uh, and then Schefter immediately after report said he's finalizing a deal with the Rams. Wow. Did they say how much he got paid? Because I know the Packers offered him that man. We, uh, yeah, I did see that. I have nothing about the the pay yet, but I will keep an eye on it. But that's gonna Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, like Van Jefferson is the best fourth receiver in the NFL. Like now, like he's so good. Yeah, that's you know they all that always happens with the Rams. Like the, it, I mean, it's so concentrated on you know Woods and and Cup. That the third guy kind of gets pushed out, and I mean, I guess who was that? Josh Reynolds a, a couple years ago, something like that. He was playing okay. He doesn't have a team right now, but that's interesting, man. If Odell can stay healthy, I mean, he could get a ride to the Super Bowl. I like the Rams a lot to go to the Super Bowl, but I mean, I think Tampa Bay is going to win it again. So, yeah, that that was crazy. Again, the Rams are not on the slate, so and he wouldn't play anyway. We won't talk about it, but that'll be interesting going forward. Wow. Offense is they they have they have their first bad game of the year on offense. They're like you know, let's just go get Odell. Yeah, I I mean, I, like obviously, I think we're all like understand that he's you know got how many years does he have left? I don't know. It's not he's the 20, same. Twenty nine. You know, Julio's not the same Julio. Odell's not the same Odell. But like, they can still come up with some clutch plays. So just throw it high. Let Odell jump up and get it. 
Wow. We will see what happens. Um, going to the Colts backfield. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been the best running back in football maybe all year. I mean, Henry, but now he's hurt. Like Jonathan Taylor has been over a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown in like six straight games. His price has finally come up, but it's, it's a great spot. He's again, this offensive line when healthy, like it's not even fair. I mean, I have John. He's amazing. Like he's among the league leaders in you know, explosive run rates. Jacksonville's defense is bad. He's, you know, the, the snaps and volume, like if Marlon Mack's a healthy scratch again, I feel even better about it because Marlon Mack's been out the last, I think, two weeks and or he was active for the Tennessee game, but played like one snap or something. And we've seen now like closer to 20 touches a game or over 20 touches. And we hadn't seen that for a while for Taylor. He's been in that like 15, 16 range. Now he's getting 20 touches, playing like 65 to 70 percent of the snaps. And yep. there's not five running backs in the NFL more talented than him. So where does he kind of rank for you among running backs in the slate? And it, it's a little bit different now because it looks like Kamara might not play. So the overall, you know, Nick Chubb's not going to play. So the high end running backs are kind of, you know, they're not, there's not as many this week, but I mean, Taylor, even regardless if they were all healthy or not, he would still be up there for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love him. Um, so you, you're right about like, like the running, my running back pools are really small this week, like really small. We've got, uh, we, We'll talk about him. We haven't got to him yet, but I've got Jonathan Taylor way up there in my spend-up category that I'll use on the FTN Optimizer. I've got, what, like six or seven running backs I'm using this week. If you don't play Pittman, probably play Taylor. The thing with Taylor, like he keeps breaking the slate, and like you'll have him, and he'll have, what, eight or eight points, nine points, and then he like rips a pass for yeah. 80. Or uh, the past two weeks, maybe three weeks, he's gotten like a 50-yard-plus touchdown. Just like insane numbers, just – absolutely breaking away um you gotta love him here against jacksonville like he's getting in the end zone Pittman's getting in the end zone uh, the colts are gonna win through wentz Pittman, and taylor so get one of them on your team get this jacksonville but we said this with like the bills last i know week, right so it's just like yeah you throw up in your mouth a little bit There's no again way- i think a lot of those bills struggles were the fact that their running game like there were some clips of the Bills going play action and Jacksonville's linebackers just didn't even move because they're like, okay, go ahead, run it. We want you to. And then it was also, like I said, the offensive line was awful in that game. And this Colts offensive line is unbelievable right now that they're full health, um, back to being one of the best units in the NFL. Uh, for Jacksonville, James Robinson might play. It looks like he's trending towards playing. I don't like him anyway. This, this Colts run defense has been really good. They've been a major, major pass funnel this season. Uh, about 80. Let's see. Like 80, last time I looked, it was like 85% of the touchdowns are close to it. Yeah, 88.4% of the touchdowns allowed by the Colts this year have come via the pass. That's the highest rate in the league. The next closest is Tampa Bay at 76%. So they, we've seen them shut down Derrick Henry. Like I know he was a little bit hurt in that game. Like they've shut down running games, but their back end of their defense has been bad and they've given up, you know, long passing plays, which hasn't been the case for a while. So. It scares me, but I might play Marvin Jones in tournaments this week. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, I was thinking about, I, like, I like him this week. I do like him. Uh, I like their, pa- their passing game has really pissed me off lately. Like Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew, like fine players, but they should not be leading your team in targets by a large margin. I will say, like the last couple weeks where they've been huge parts of the offense, it's it's been Lavisca Chenault who's fallen off. Marvin Jones still has twenty three targets the last three weeks, so that's good enough. Yeah, and. Look, 7.6 yards per pass attempt, sixth most in the, sixth most in the league. 55.6% completion rate allowed on deep passes is actually the worst in the league for the Colts. And look at their, look at their games that they've given up to number one receivers, like number, top receivers on opposing teams. Not saying, I'm not saying Marvin Jones is like a, a number one receiver, like a top 15 receiver in the league, but just teams opposing number one receivers. 
Um, he's not the, maybe he was in that game because Corey Davis is out. Elijah Moore, we saw what he did in Thursday night football. AJ Brown went for 155 or whatever in a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 100 yards in a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Cooks had like 89 yards on eight catches. Marquise Brown had over 102 touchdowns. Devontae Parker had 90 in a touchdown. He was kind of their wide receiver one at that time in week four. Um, Cooper Cup went crazy against him in week two. Tyler Lockett had 102 touchdowns in week one. They, they have been awful against number one receivers. I think Marvin Jones, this could be one of those like 80 yard, two touchdown games for Marvin Jones that nobody's going to be on, but he's the only player I like from Jack. Oh, Dan Arnold's still cheap, I guess, too. Yeah, no, Dan Arnold's cheap. I like him. Marvin Jones. I mean, everything you just said. I mean, you're the Marvin Jones uh, whisperer. I like, yeah, man, it's been, it's been rough the last couple weeks, but we're, we're still there. Hey, man. So the Colts there uh, have given up the most receiving touchdowns in the league. 23 next closest is Washington with 20. Dolphins 17 behind that. Falcons 17. The Colts are getting just roasted through the air, right? So I didn't, wasn't thinking about this before, but now I'm going to go over and take a look. Is Tre- Trevor Lawrence is questionable? Yeah, he's. they're saying they're going to you know, have him kind of limited in practice. I expect him to play, though. He's actually – I think he's still in the injury report. Yeah, he is. He yeah. was limited on Wednesday. I think he plays. He went back in the game. I, I fully expect him to play. I do, too. I mean, it's like, okay, we love targeting the Colts. Maybe we should use the quarterback against them. But like Trevor Lawrence, he's a he's a very good quarterback. He's going to be very good uh, in the NFL. But it's first year under Urban Meyer Jaguars. Like That's the way it goes. But I'm a big believer in Trevor Lawrence still. I've seen him play too much good football to think he's going to fall off or be some kind of bust. But I probably don't get there this week. Marvin Jones I like. I don't hate Agnew either. You come up. He's got a great matchup running, what, 73% of the time out of the slot against Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is giving up about 76% of the passes for catches, and he's playing in the slot almost 90% of the time. So if you want to save some money, Agnew's fine. He's clearly getting targeted. He should pay off his price. You just need him to bust along with get in the end zone. He's not like my favorite guy, but a decent salary saver. Uh, Marvin Jones, I'm with you. He'd be my favorite person. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints at the Tennessee Titans. And Alvin Kamara with a – they're calling it like a minor knee sprain, but um, hasn't been practicing. And Nick Underhill, who covers the team, he's like the best re- uh, beat reporter, one of the best re- beat reporters out there covering the Saints. He expects it to be doubtful. So Dude. we have Mark Ingram here at 4,500. He has not been like, he has not been uninvolved in his first two games of the Saints, right? I mean, nine touches his first game. He had 14 last game. I mean, Tony Jones is on, they don't have anybody else there. I know they like they added a couple of players. Because of Kamara's injury, you presume, but what, what would we do with $4,500 Mark Ingram on DraftKings if Alvin Kamara does get ruled out? And he, and would he be the only player on the Saints you would even consider? I probably don't just, I, I probably just want to get away from this game. It just feels kind of gross to me. There's better places I think you can target. Will Ingram get enough like carries to probably warrant his salary? Yeah, I think he does. Will he probably exceed salary if Kamara's out? Yeah, I think he probably does that too. But then it's like, okay, well, I'm playing Dearness Johnson of the Browns if Chubb's out, which is likely. Like, that's happening. I'm playing Madison if, like, Dalvin Cook were to be out, which is probably unlikely. There's just not going to be room for Mark Ingram in there. But And, and then even James Conner's going to be in a good spot, too. There's a lot of there, – uh, there's guys in better positions, I think, than Ingram. But at the same time, yeah, 4500 way too cheap for what would be a workhorse running back. I mean, if you go and look what he was doing with Houston, he had games – where he touched the ball, the first game he touched it 26 times. Ran <laughs> yeah. it times. Uh, and, I mean, Sean Payton, who knows? I mean, you could get – I mean, you're going to get some weird gadget stuff. You're, you've got Taysom back there. They'll let a tight end, like, run one at the end zone because that's what Sean Payton does. But uh, 
I don't know, not a, not a ton of interest here as of now. Maybe when we get closer to Sunday, that'll change. But I also hate the Saints, so that might be playing into it. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really like this game at all because I'm not playing anybody from the Tennessee backfield. They, you know, Foreman, Peterson, they both got carries. Like, it's the best run defense in the football in the Saints. Yeah. I'm good on that. Tannehill's been pretty bad this year. A.J. Brown, if you want to play him, he's got the upside. He's been getting way more targets over Julio Jones this season. The matchup's not awful, but, like, at 7,800, like, I prefer Adams for $100 more. Like, A.J. Brown's a number two receiver on the slate in terms of price. I know we're missing, you know, Tyree Kill on the main slate, Cooper Cup on the main slate, um, you know, Hollywood Brown, some other receivers. But, like, this game, like, I, I probably am going if I want to go down to Mark Ingram, and, th- and that might be it. Like, I don't really like anybody else. Yeah, I, I don't really either. Julio Jones, how the mighty have fallen. I used to love, I, I still love Julio Jones. I don't mean to rag on him. Hall of Famer. Also, awesome oh, he's player. one of my favorite receivers ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Like, I, I mean, I've watched, I've, I've, I, I went to Bama the same time he did. We, his parents used to park in our driveway to walk across and go to the uh, stadium for the games. Fun fact. Oh, about wow. Me. Yeah, it, I was there the exact same time. It was same with Ingram. We all went to school together. Don't know him. They're not going to be like, uh, <laughs> hey, I went to school with that guy from FTN. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I you can know. imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? If they did, maybe his parents <laughs> be like, "I remember that nice boy he used to charge us fifty bucks to park our car." So are you, are you, are you in the same boat as me? I, I've said this for a while. I think Julio Jones is one of the five best receivers ever, personally. Mm, I mean, I haven't really thought about that too much. Like, I would probably have him in my top ten. Yeah, he's definitely top ten. I just think people overlook how good he's been. Like, he's been like. I, I don't know if it might it probably it's probably come down this year because he hasn't done much but like he was he's he's led the NFL in receiving yards per game for like years and he's so good he's so and good. nothing I love about who he was you don't hear anything out like he's never complaining about the ball like he's just he just goes out and balls yeah, he, he does go out and ball. I, I know some good stories about Julio just from being in Atlanta and Alabama and stuff with him uh, we'll talk off the air but uh like uh Julio Top 10 for sure. I went to that 300-yard game in Atlanta. That was fun. Um, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have? Because I was beating up on Allen Robinson like real good the other night. I don't know if you were watching the show. Who would you rather have in, uh, in season long right now, Allen Robinson or Julio Jones? Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Julio, but if out, so Alan Robinson had a hamstring injury at the end of that game. As long as he's good, he's, he's, I'm not like rushing to start him yet, but like, so me and Deeper are like massive Justin Fields fans. Like we love him. We always thought he's going to be great. And he balled out on Sunday or Monday night. Um, so if we continue to see fields and it looks like he's starting to get things going, that could help Robinson. But right now it's probably still Julio, but it's not like, 
It's not by a ton. I'm just curious. Uh, like if, if uh, Field starts playing uh, better, which uh, he's trend- – I mean, he's still a rookie. I mean, it's like his fifth game or something. Like he's going to get better. Yeah. Allen Robinson could get better. I was making an Allen Robinson-Jacoby Myers comparison on the show the other day. Yeah, I mean, he he had his – it was sad because I think it was uh, – MB- I keep calling it Roto World, but NBC Sports Edge posted uh, after the game, Allen Robinson posts season high 68 yards. And it's like, that, that's where we're at. It's so sad. His season high was 68 yards, and it came on a 39-yard catch at the end of the game to get him yeah. there. It's so I it's had obviously been frustrating. Tweet. I had like a tweet all lined up to just tweet out about how bad he's been. Then he got that uh, like 38-yard catch. I was like, damn it, can't say that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think we both agree this game, not the most appealing. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens with Alvin, with Alvin Kamara. Um, let's go to Detroit and Pittsburgh up next. Yeah. Uh, Chase Claypool dealing with a toe injury, not expected to be season ending, but he's going to miss some time. That puts him pretty much guaranteed to be out for this game. Eric Ebron, they expect him to return, but I don't think Ebron's return is going to do enough to make me not want to keep looking. Pat Fryermus way. He's been unbelievable the last couple weeks. He's pretty much catching every one of Roethlisberger's touchdown passes. Yep. What do you think of him and Deontay Johnson as a already concentrated passing offense becomes even more concentrated potentially between Johnson, Fryermuth, and of course Najee Harris out of the backfield? I, I love all three of them. Uh, you're going up against Detroit. So my favorite running back on the week is definitely it's it's Najee Harris, and it's really not even close. So on FanDuel, he's the most expensive guy, which is Great for him. He's been one of the best running backs in the league too. For the, I mean, if you get someone with Najee Harris' skill set in that Pittsburgh offense, he, they're going to succeed. But on DraftKings, he's like the fifth highest price guy. Um, favorite, favorite, maybe play on the slate. Like he touches the ball so much with Derrick Henry out with season-ending injury, he touches the ball more than any other player on any other team that's not a quarterback in the NFL. And now you have Clay pull out. You obviously have Juju out. It's those three guys, like you said. Um, he's going to have a huge game. I mean, he's getting twenty-five, maybe thirty points. Like, I, like I just don't. I don't see how you fade Najee Harris. If you were to fade Najee Harris, then you're definitely playing Deontay Johnson, who gets like double-digit targets, uh, no matter what, every week except like twice, I think, this year. And Last now week, yeah. And so you've got you're, you're playing a Steeler, like Fryermuth. A lot of people are going to go to. And it's probably warranted. He had the two touchdowns on a nationally televised game. That's great, but he's been playing great before that anyway. So, hell, get get a, a Steelers guy. I'd probably rank him Harris, Johnson, then Fryermuth. But Harrison, Harrison, Johnson, they're both getting 20 plus. Yeah. And the Lions are allowing opponents to score touchdowns on 83.3% of their trips. That's easily the highest rate in the league. So, that's great for Fryermuth, who's kind of been the red zone guy. Over the last couple weeks, yeah, Najee Harris, you know, lock him into 25 touches. Wasn't efficient the last couple games, but, you know, he hasn't been overly efficient because the Steelers offensive line is still struggling to run block, but he's scored in a ton of games in a row. He's going to get the volume. Yeah, I like Harris a lot. Deontay is, I think he's always kind of safe, but now he has a little bit more upside given the fact that Claypool's gone. And yeah, six targets, clearly the anomaly um, for him. So it's pretty obvious, but like even with that, I, I probably won't play Ben. Just there hasn't been a lot of volume. He's obviously doesn't have a lot of ceiling. Not going to throw the ball on the field. I'll, I'll close out Pittsburgh with is James Washington interest you at all with Claypool out? Uh, I like James Washington as a player, just overall, anyways. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. So this turns uh, him into Ben's fourth best option, and Ben seems to kind of lean on him when he needs to. Um, 
how was his price? James Washington. 3,500. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it turns him into a, a pretty solid play. Honestly, you just, you, you need him to get in the end zone still, even at 3,500. You know, if we're talking like big GPPs, you need him to get in the end zone. And I think he's going to be the fourth look, but he can help move it down the field. He's my fourth favorite option on that team, but you know, don't love him. Don't love him. On a showdown, I'd love him, but main site probably not. Gotcha. Uh, for Detroit, Jamal Williams coming out of the bye week, not practicing uh, with a thigh injury, so we might see you know a massive workload for DeAndre Swift again. He's kind of always in that like sixty-five to seven K range on DraftKings. You know the passing volume is going to be there. He's had at least five receptions in all but two games. He has two games this year with double-digit targets. The Lions probably trailing. Pittsburgh has been really good against pass catcher running backs, and I believe they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns all year long. But he's kind of perfectly, you know, fine on DraftKings. And then like Hawkinson's been better. He's been off the injury report, and he's been better as of late. Um, are they the only two players you look at, and how much do you even like them on this slate? I doubt I play either of them. Either of them. I, I, there's just other guys that I like more. And I'm not going. Uh, I'm probably not going to play anyone that uh, Jared Goff has to throw to or has to catch passes from Jared Goff. That's what I should say. That's very fair. Can't argue that at all. Let's go to find some more value potentially. Cleveland at the New England Patriots, and we got the word on I believe Monday or Tuesday. Nick Chubb uh, went on the COVID list. He tested positive for COVID as as well as Demetric Felton, making it very very tough. For them to play now, they're saying that he still has a chance, so we have to keep an eye on it. It's not, it's not just you know smash, lock in Deardis Johnson quite yet. But assuming that's the case with Kareem Hunt on on IR, the last time we saw Deardis Johnson ever in a full time workload was Week Seven against Denver on Thursday Night Football. Twenty two carries, one hundred and forty six yards and a touchdown. I mean forty seven hundred. If if these guys are out in the backfield, lock of the week. Yeah, there's no way you don't. Like, I would lock him into 150 lineups. I'd lock him into 1,000 if DraftKings would let me play that many. Uh, you, you just you play him. He's too cheap, 4,700, 5,400 on FanDuel, 24 touches, 168 all-purpose yards against the Denver Broncos. Now he's playing the Patriots. So I went and I looked, and I was like, okay, I mean, Patriots haven't been bad against the run, really, so let's go check everything out. But at the same time, the Denver Broncos hadn't really been bad against the run either. But Johnson just looked good. He looked uh, – I mean, he – he just looked like a good running back, right? I know he's not as good as Hunt. He's not as good as, as Chubb, but he looked good in his own right. His um, jump cuts are awesome. That's what I was trying to get out. Yeah. I mean, he just, he was just looked shifty back there. So I, you, you play him and you just keep moving on with the Patriots. They're going to try and take out Landry if Landry plays, even though it's not like a huge threat, but that's the number one guy. I think Donovan Peoples Jones was a, which a guy I was on last week and thankfully he came through and got a touchdown. I think he would be a very good play on this Cleveland Browns offense. His price did not come up. Um, and he's the wide receiver too. Wide receiver two typically gets open on the Patriots. So Dearness Johnson followed by Donovan Peoples Jones, like down the line, but you, you're, you're playing Johnson. Um, yeah, you, you, you kind of have to. Um, Landry's kind of like fine at 5,200, but like, I just, there's not a ceiling there, especially in games where Cleveland, I talked about it on the solo pod, like, Cle- Cle- they're not going to get a defensive touchdown in the turnovers like they got last week every game, but especially with Baker's shoulder, not 100%, they are perfectly fine winning games, you know, 21 to 16 and having Baker throw 27 times. And if that's the case, they still, you know, I know Odell's not there, but they still have the three tight ends. 
I'm not really on the passing game. Like Landry is kind of that player where it's like if you love your lineup and you have a flex spot or receiver spot left it's, and you have 5,200, like, oh, Landry's going to get, you know, six or seven targets and probably catch the majority of them. And if he scores, my lineup has a great chance to do well. But other than that, I don't really run to play Jarvis Landry. Um, New England's backfield dealing with some injuries right now. Both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are in concussion protocol and we're not practicing on Thursday. Um, I would guess that one of them sits and one pl- I, I, I have no idea actually I have no clue um let's say Harris sits and Stevenson plays any interest he looked good last week he's the same price as some of these other value running backs like Ingram uh it's interesting too because like if we get you know say Harris gets ruled out and Stevenson's cleared and good to go we would have Ramondre Stevenson as the lead back at least you would think at four five Singletary if Moss is out at four seven we already talked about Jonas Johnson so there's there would be options in the mid 4K range at running back. Of course, this option is still in the New England Patriots offense, and he's coached by Bill Belichick. So there's yep. inherently more risk. I I don't think I will do it. I I don't I don't think I'm going to play one of these guys. Cleveland's been fine against the run. Stevenson, uh, even if Harris was out, like Brandon Bolden's going to get touches too. Like they're not just going to rule him out. They've like using him as a weapon on the New England offense when people are hurt. So he'll get some touches too. It's not like Stevenson's going to walk into twenty attempts, but you really don't need that at his price. But to me, it's like I'm not playing him over Johnson. Like you've got Ingram down there too. I don't. Ingram's going to get more touches. I probably don't get there. I've got to make some cuts somewhere. So that's just news we kind of have to wait and see on anyway. So. No real hard take there, except I know I wouldn't play him over DeAndre Johnson. And quite frankly, I'm looking at one of my teams that I've built, like just off my article, and like I'm absolutely in love with it. And I know if I put Stevenson in there, I'm probably not going to love it. So let's wait and see on that news. I don't know. Um, and then the passing game, like Hunter Henry keeps scoring touchdowns, but I don't want to pay 4100 for him when he's look at his targets. I mean, three, three, four, and two. Like, no thanks. Um. John U. Smith still banged up, but even if he plays, they clearly haven't used him. I don't know why they paid him all that money to not use him. And then Jacoby Myers. I mean, there's, you know, he's under 5K. He's been pretty bad lately. We know he's probably not going to score a touchdown. Like Cleveland's been bad against number one receivers, but that, that, that's been more like the elite, like top end receivers that they faced in a lot of those games, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's like they get, they gave up a huge game to, I believe, obviously Tyreek Hill in week one. Cooks had a huge game in week two, but like, Myers isn't seeing Brandon Cook's targets. You know, uh, Jefferson, I think, had a good, a solid game against him in week four. Uh, Mike Williams in week five destroyed them. But, like, Jacoby Myers clearly not in that mold. Anybody on the passing game at all, or is it just, uh, uh it probably isn't. Uh, probably not. Like, you can chase Jacoby Myers, like, into the sun if you want to, to try and finally get it. I have a feeling this guy's sitting on, like, the most elite touchdown celebration of all time. <laughs> you can only imagine, right? Like, when he finally gets in there, man, it's just going to be nuts. He better just do something, like, absurd. But, See, uh, I disagree because I think at this point now, he won't, he'll be so, like, stunned that he got in. He won't know. He won't, he'll just forget that, like, you know, he won't even remember it anymore. He'll just be like, oh, I, I'm just going to go crazy. Like, like, he'll throw, he'll throw the ball into the stands and have to go retrieve it. Like, but <laughs> yeah. he can't give him a Bitcoin. He'll give him, like, a Dogecoin. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, you can play him if you want. I'm not on it, though. Browns have been terrible against the pass, though, recently. All right, let's go to the 4 o'clock games. Carolina at the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, I should have led with this, but I'm so pumped that Cam Newton's back. Um, one of my favorite players ever. And, he's dude, they gave him a lot of money. He's going to start probably next week. So, 
That'll be something to keep an eye on. But it looks like it's going to be PJ Walker this week. Um, probably not going to go there. Like, is it just McCaffrey? Because I love DJ Moore. He's amazing. But it's been hard to trust given the passing game right now in Carolina. McCaffrey came back last week, played about 49% of the snaps, but he led the way with 18 of the, I believe, 26 or 27 running back touches. And, I mean, 8,400 for McCaffrey, it's a good chance you'll, you just won't see him at this price again this year. I mean, that's true. I like, I need to do more research on like how PJ Washington will, like, it's hard to know how he's going to like use McCaffrey because I know he's a scrambling quarterback and probably going to try and run it some himself too, but super cheap for McCaffrey. He's going to be involved, of course, in the past game. It's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I, y'all, you don't need me to talk about Christian McCaffrey, but yeah, that's probably it for me. Uh, I do worry about Arizona being able to beat them pretty easily, even though we don't know about Nuke. We don't know. It looks like Kyler's like on probably not going to play. But the Arizona Yeah, it just depends what they want to do. Kyler said he feels like a million times better, and they didn't expect him to practice much this week. If he gets – so he didn't practice Thursday. If he like they, if he gets any sort of work in on Friday, I think he plays. If not, I still think he can play because uh, Cliff Kingsbury said he can play without practicing. But yeah. look, they just – they just they're, what are they, 8-1? They just won with Colt McCoy at quarterback in a divisional game. They have some room – you know, I know they want to compete with the Rams for the division lead and everything like that. But like if Kyler and they're, they've already talked about kind of big picture, if he's not a hundred percent, they could easily sit him. And Hopkins, meanwhile, like I don't, I still don't think he's been practicing at all. Uh, no, he, he hasn't. Never does anyways. But yeah, yeah like, true. yeah, I mean, he, uh, he has, he's 6,700, 6,700 for DeAndre Hopkins. Like if he plays, like you kind of have to take a stab on him, but at the same time, like, Arizona can do a lot of different things here. So if Kyler's technically, I mean, this is a ton of speculation, but if Kyler's technically okay to go, they could let him play the first half, get up on Carolina. They could let Colt start. And if it's not going well, bring in Kyler because he's healthy enough to play when they were trying to sit him anyways. Same goes for Nuke. Like a lot of things could could go weird in this game. I, I don't think I can use any of the Arizona guys. I'm not going to trust them. If they get up at all, they're going to pull the starters. A.J. Green is back. I pass his house every day driving home, by the way. He's never there during the season. I saw him taking out, out the trash once. He lives on the corner, like five minutes away from me. But uh, That's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, I didn't know it. Someone, we had a realtor over here, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's AJ Green. I was like, yeah, it is a nice house. That makes sense. But anyways, <laughs> I, I don't I, like. I don't think I'm going to be on this game, I, besides, like, maybe the Arizona defense, who I do actually like a lot. Yeah, and I could argue you could make the case for Carolina's defense if Kyler's out at 2,400. Yeah. I know Colt McCoy played well last week, but I definitely want Brian Burns to be active because I love Brian Burns. I think he's one of the best pass rushers in the league that nobody talks about. But, um, you know, they add Stephon Gilmore to the secondary, so they got some players there. I think, you know, Shaq Thompson's been back the last couple weeks at linebacker, so I think they could be a nice, cheap defense if Kyler does sit. And, like, yeah, like, Hopkins might not play. Rondell Moore is dealing with a concussion and a neck injury. He didn't practice Thursday, so, um, like, if Kyler plays and Hopkins sits, AJ Green at 4,600 actually might not be terrible either. He's had some, he's, he's not looked washed this year. He's actually been pretty good, all things considering. Right. Um, even Kirk, yeah, I mean, I mean, Kirk's been good. Yeah. He's been their downfield guy. He's three, he threw a 30 yard pass last game. Like, he's actually been a lot better than I thought. He's been very consistent. His targets and catches, look at his targets and catches. Like, it's been six, five, six, five, five. Like, he's been just rock solid. He is priced higher than Julio Jones this week, which is warranted. Like, that's not a knock on him right. or, or Julio. But, like, yeah, he's – I mean – and it's still probably too cheap for him against Carolina, 5,500. So. Speaking of Julio, um, 
He was added to the injury report today with the, with that hamstring again. Just came across, so it's like the guy just can't get over it. it sucks. I mean, it, it, it like he's just such an athletic freak. I guess it you know catches up to you, man. That guy's been taking hits for yeah. twenty years playing football. So he's still uh, he's still in my top five. I don't care. I love Julio. I also love this game for fantasy. Minnesota at the uh, ah, damn it! I knew I was gonna do it. I I knew it. I talked about this like a week ago, how NBA season, I'm doing NBA content, I'm doing football. It's just every other day I'm doing both. <laughs> and I always say Clippers when the Chargers are on the slate and vice versa. So yeah. I knew it was going to happen and it happened. But um, Vikings at the Chargers. This game, probably one of the most appealing of the week for DFS. Could be an absolute shootout as long as the Vikings offense can like do something for full uh, four full quarters because it's been... They started the game out hot last week and it just fell apart. Keenan Allen didn't practice Wednesday. It seems to be more precaution. I expect him to play. Mm-hmm. What do we make of this game? Where do you want to start? Oh, man. I kind of missed out on the, the Vikings shootout last week, unfortunately. Um, I liked Keenan Allen last week, man, and I didn't get them in my main lineup, and that was clearly a mistake. Um, and I was kind of kicking myself for that. Austin Eckler didn't pan out. I can certainly see a way that this game shoots out. I could see a, a way that the, the Chargers win. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can see a way that the Vikings win. I need to know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook. I think he, you think Dalvin Cook plays? I think he plays. I they, Everything that I've seen on Twitter said he's 100% expected to play this week. I mean, he could absolutely just do work. Like, his biggest game of the year do work. I mean, coming off of like, look, we're not going to get into it, but like, he's not a happy fellow right now. And going up against like the Chargers who you can run on, I could see him just absolutely shredding the Chargers. So I like the game. Sure. Dalvin Cook probably be my favorite play over on the Minnesota side. Uh, aside from him, it's going to have to be Justin Jefferson going up against Campbell. Um, primarily, I would say, I think, it's, I think he sees him the most, and that's the best, uh, in the secondary to target on the, on the Chargers, I guess. Um, and then like Keenan Allen's in a good spot again. I think, uh, Mike Williams too cheap. Uh, he was hot as hell at the beginning of the season, but now he's, let me pull it up. Sorry. Uh, where are we at? Yeah. Mike Williams going up against Cam Dance. Cam Dancer is not horrible. But um, he's, this he's has probably, to be it. This has to be the bounce back, get yeah. right spot for Mike Williams. Their yeah. secondary, they just don't have. They give up a lot of deep passing plays. They you know, like they their corners are not going to be able to keep up with Mike Williams and Keenan out. And the thing with Mike Williams is the first couple weeks of the season, his A dot was like incredibly low compared to what it was last year, which is like okay, great. They're using him in you know more intermediate parts of the field. But the last couple weeks, it's like up to 14, 15, whereas in the first couple weeks it was around ten. 
So it's like he's back to being used as a, strictly a down the field guy, which has hurt his volume. Like you saw, you know, his targets were double digit the first two games of the season, then nine. And then he had a 16 target game against Cleveland. And then lately it's been five in a row or three in a row where he's seen five targets. Yeah. I, you know, I've never been a big uh, Mike Williams guy um, in like at the beginning of the year when uh, he was just going off. I, I mean, we, I think we all knew it's like, well, he's not this guy. He's good. He's a good receiver for sure. Like, but he's not a drop thirty every week kind of guy. Oh yeah, I, I traded him high after week two. I traded Zeke and Mike Williams and Julio. And I got oh, Terry yeah. Kill and uh, Jonathan Taylor. And my season, I'm I've been on I've, I'm on a seven game win streak. Like Tyreek and Tyreek and Jonathan Taylor have been unbelievable. Yeah, you got to get Zeke off your team, man. Got to get Zeke off your team. I'm a Zeke hater now, by the way. But Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, what a great, what a great move. Um, so good for you, good for you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, I like him okay. I like Mike Williams okay. I like Keenan Allen okay. Uh, more than okay, actually. But, uh, you know, it also feels like people are going to chase Keenan Allen this week, and that's not really something that typically works out with Allen, although he's in a good spot. He's in a good spot a lot of the time. It doesn't just always work out with Allen. So, favorite plays Dalvin Cook for me, whole game. Yeah, the Chargers run defense, they play that, you know, cover two high shell. They let you run against them. Um, 13% of the carries against them have been stuffed at or behind line of scrimmage. That's the fifth or fourth lowest rate in the NFL. Or, you know, they just let the Eagles run all over them. Like they just, they let you do it. Um, and Dalvin Cook's been getting the volume. He's been a little bit unlucky with touchdowns. Like he got ruled down to one last week and then Cousins, you know, snuck it in. Otherwise it would have been an even better game. So I think he's due for a really, really huge game. I, I do like – there's a lot of stacking opportunities in this game too, though. Like we talked about, you can play Herbert with both the receivers or one of them. You can always, you know, uh, stack Herbert with Eckler. That's still viable. Eckler coming off a down game, maybe people will be off him. Um, the Vikings' run defense has been bad or worse as of late, and I think Michael Pierce, or defensive tackle, has been injured. So that's a bump for Austin Eckler. And then the other side, I mean, it's not as exciting because Justin Jefferson the last two weeks has fewer targets than Tyler Conklin. Like That's Tyler Conklin, yeah. 3,400, you know, he's he hasn't scored since week three. But he's giving you decent yardage floor, 45, 57, 71, 5, 7, and 7 targets. And that's that's more than enough at 3,400. And if mm-hmm. he does happen to, you know, find the end zone, he's one of the best tight end plays of the slate. Yeah, I'm definitely spinning down on tight end. I have him ranked fourth in my uh, value tight ends this week. We're about to talk about a couple more of them. Let me pull it back up. So I have, uh, let's see, Conklin ranked uh fifth actually dan arnold ranked fourth dawson knox who we didn't talk about yeah i'm glad you brought that up knox was uh, full in practice on thursday so it looks like he very well could be back uh so dawson knox third for me uh pat fryer uh second and then my number one guy is uh in the game i think we're about to talk about all right Uh, let's let's get to it then well what game? Because I have two games left. I don't <laughs> yeah. know which order you're looking at. If we're looking at the just game log, it's Philly Denver. Yeah, let's go there. Okay. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. Um, Noah Fant will be back in this game. He was off, uh, he was out of the lineup last week due to COVID. He's activated. He'll be good to go. Um, Tim Patrick is questionable. He's been dealing with a knee injury, but he's limited on Thursday. So we'll see if he's in there. And then obviously still no Miles Sanders for the Eagles and Jordan Howard has become the lead back over the last two weeks. So hit me with your value, your top tight end. Yeah. So top tight end, like in 
I, I like the price for him. I like this spot, obviously. Uh, Noah Fan. I like Noah Fan a lot. So yes. everyone was going to play Alex O this week because he's super cheap and it's an outstanding matchup, right? But it feels like people might not pivot up to the starter that's finally returned to Denver. That's just kind of my feel because he's like $1,000 more. He'll still be owned, but not as much as like Alex O would have been owned, uh, who may or may not be out. We'll just have to, we'll have to see. Uh, the Eagles have allowed eight touchdowns to the tight end in the first nine weeks. Terrible. They've been targeted the most with the tight end in the league 81 times. They've allowed the most receptions to tight end 67. They've allowed the most yards to tight end over a thousand yards to the tight end in 10 games, like or nine games. It's insane. Uh, and then Fant, uh, Fant just, he technically has, that's the best matchup across the board. Every tight end scores on the Eagles. So he's the tight end for the Broncos. So I'm going to play Noah Fant. That's you it. can, you can go even deeper too. Cause I've, I've written this in my notes every week for the Eagles. Um, Look at the tight ends that have scored against him. Week three was Dallas. Schultz twice, Jarwin once. I mean, Schultz is good, Jar- like, but they're not like the upper echelon of tight ends. Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, right? No. It was Jody Fortson, the backup, who scored against them. <laughs> okay. Carolina, it was Tommy Tremble. Week six, Tampa Bay, it was O.J. Howard. Uh, Foster Moreau in week seven scored against them. Huh. Detroit, they, you know, Detroit did nothing in that game. And the Chargers last week, it was what? All three of them? Or two of them? <laughs> It was Ant, Steven Anderson and Donald Parham. Yeah. And I don't think Jared Cook scored in that game. No, but it was Anderson and Parham. Like, they're not even getting scored on by, like, tight ends that are, you know, huge parts of the offense. And, yeah, Noah Fant's targets might be a little bit more consistent with Jared Judy back. But, yeah, I, I'm going to be playing uh, Fant a lot as well. Speaking of Judy, love yeah. him. What, he's He was in my value article on uh, FTN Daily. 5,300 on DraftKings. This guy has been targeted... He's been the number one receiver for this team when he's been on the field. And I know he's missed, he's only played like two, almost three games. He almost played all of week one, left relatively late in that game, but he's been targeted on just over 25% of his routes this season. And he is like, this is, I have no interest in Cortland Sutton because A, Sutton's going to be shadowed by Darius Slay, who was shadowed perimeter receivers this year. He shadowed Mike Williams. He shadowed, um, a ton of guys. And, the Eagles are similar to the Chargers, where they play that cover two zone. They they give you the underneath stuff, and that's where Judy's going to be in the slot. So, I Jerry Judy's one of my favorite plays of the slated wide receiver. I think he's too cheap. He's going to get seven, eight, nine targets potentially in this game. Uh, absolutely love him, and yeah, Cortland Sutton, somebody I, I I honestly might not play Sutton the rest of the season. Like I'm just, I'm all he has a ten and a half percent target share in the three games alongside Jerry Judy this year. Yeah, Jerry Judy and, and just mark it down. Like Jerry Judy is elite. He 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 had he was coming out of his rookie season last year, had the injury this year, came back probably a little earlier than expected. He is an elite route runner. Like if they pair him up with the right quarterback, like if he was, you know, I guess you'd say about anyone, but if they were with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whoever, like absolute star. But Jerry Judy is elite. I love Jerry Judy. Uh, the price is too cheap for him going up against uh, Eagle secondary out of the slot most of the time. Like you said, he's going to run probably about 80 percent out of the slot. He's going to get the targets. He's going to be able to feast. Uh, him or uh, him or Fant uh, are the guys that I like the most. Probably no Tim Patrick this week. Cortland Sutton probably probably no Cortland Sutton for me. I'm not a huge Cortland Sutton guy, but he's probably better than uh, Allen Robinson. I he, like he has the upside in a given week, but like they like on a team that's going to throw thirty to thirty two times max per game if they can help it. Like yeah. he's got to convert one. He still leads the NFL in deep targets, which is nice, but like. Judy's the guy, uh, and he's he's. I think he should be. I think he'll be like mid six k very soon. So 
Love Judy here. The backfield, they're both playing really well, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I talk about this a lot. Like everybody, and I, I want it too. I love Javante Williams. I want Javante Williams to have a full workload. Mm-hmm. But Melvin Gordon's playing well this year. So it's not like he, you know, it's not like Melvin Gordon should just go to the bench. Um, but it's just on this slate, we talked about running backs in the mid 4K range. I don't see you having to go to the Broncos running backs. What about the Eagles? I mean, the last two weeks, I was looking at the FTN, um, splits or the pace tool. The last two weeks, Eagles are calling runs about 71% of the time. That's easily the highest rate in the league. It is a massive, massive rate. They're, they're establishing the run. And as a result, the last two weeks, that same span, I mean, you don't see this from quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts has 31 pass attempts the last two weeks combined. He's been under 18 in both games and he's still run for 71 and 62 yards to give you that floor. But I think he's kind of interesting on the slate because if they finally can't run the football, He'll go back to 30 passing attempts on top of run. Like he's run for at least 60 yards in what all but three games this year, four games. And in those games he didn't, he still had 40 rushing yards. Yeah. I, I don't know that I get to Hurts here. I, I think the Broncos win this. I don't think I'm going to have really any of the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is such an interesting, interesting guy. And I'm not taking like a victory lap because he's, he struggled uh, really like the past month or so. Like I, I've just I've watched him play so much at, at Alabama again. He's a guy that gets super hot. He's a guy that gets super cold. When you get in Jalen Hurts' head, he starts making bad plays. It's hard for him to recover. I mean, uh, the nation saw it at the national championship when he got pulled at halftime. But if you watched him all through college, like we we saw it a lot. Like he gets rattled. It gets it gets bad, and he's rattled right now. Uh, and I think the Eagles see that, and he's just not. They're just not asking him to throw it a lot. I mean, there was rumblings, what, two weeks ago about him getting pulled as the starter. I mean, that's not real. You just you, you let him finish the season, I think. But I, I'm not going to play him, uh, even at 6,500. I think the Denver defense would be a, a better play than probably these these Eagles uh, offensive guys, honestly. At Denver, I like Denver at Denver. I realize there's no Von Miller. But you also see, like, teams come together. They're like, hey, no we Von Miller last week. That's guy. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, let's keep it rolling. So uh, not on Philly. I think I think they lose. All right, let's go to the final game of the slate. Seattle at Green Bay, and this game gets a whole lot more interesting. Aaron Rodgers didn't play last week, but uh, Matt LaFleur says he's on track to start. And looks like Russell Wilson should be back. He, um, you know, looks like he'll be back. I think Pete Carroll said that if they practiced, um, like had an actual practice, he would have been listed as full. So all of a sudden we have a matchup in the NFC between Seattle and Green Bay, Rodgers, Russell Wilson. And, before, you know, before anytime Russell Wilson is active and these receivers are active for the Seattle Seahawks, it's an age old DFS question. Is it a Metcalf week or a Lockett week? So I ask you, David Jones. Mm. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, uh, it's tough to get right. I really I don't know. I know DK Metcalf's dealing with a, a bit of a off the field in, uh, issue. I don't know if you've heard about that or not. Get on Twitter, check it out. Um, but Wilson, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not – this is going to sound ridiculous too, but I'm just not like a huge Russell Wilson fan. I know he's very good, all that stuff. I just don't love him. And it's tough to predict which wide receiver the ball is going to go to. And, like, I don't really love the matchup for – I mean, here, we'll, we'll pull it up. Wide receiver, cornerback matchups tool over on FTN Daily. We're going to have Kevin King on DK Metcalf most of the time. Uh, more than 50% of the time, I should say. Tyler Lockett's going to see – who's he going to see? Douglas? Chandon Sullivan's going to get Freddie Swain out of the slot. That's a good spot to, to target. If I had to choose one, I guess i go Tyler Lockett. But to me on this slate, like, there's other wide receivers that I can really just zone in on and know the ball's going there. Mike Evans, if Godwin's out. Uh, if, like, Cooper were to be out, C.D. Lamb, things like this. that I don't want to flip coin. 
So I probably don't. I probably don't play them and hope they don't go nuts, which they really haven't been going nuts too often this season, but Russell Wilson was out. I get it. I'd much rather have like Aaron Rodgers, stack of Aaron Rodgers with uh, Devontae Adams on the other side. Uh, got the week off. Good for Rodgers. Has looked elite as always. And he's just going to target his man Adams, who Adams got a lot of targets last week, but they, a lot of them just weren't catchable. So just Rodgers coming in saying, look at me again. Everyone's been giving me shit for a week and a half. I'm just going to throw it to my man, get him in the end zone one or two times and just be elite as always. So really off the off the Seattle side, more on the Green Bay side. But Chris Carson, have we got an update on him yet? Is he going to be back in the game? Apparently he's feeling better, but like they need to kind of reevaluate him after a full week of practice if he's practicing to see if he's got it. I, I don't, I think he, I think he sits one more game. If he plays, I'm not playing him anyway. I just don't think yeah. he'll have a full workload. Um, you know, uh, they've been mixing in Rashad Penny a little bit since he's been out. Like I just, I'm not going to play the backfield. I do like Metcalf though. Kevin King is terrible. He's n- not good. I think it's a great spot for DK Metcalf. Um, so that'd be, that would be where I go, but there's obviously like, if you are getting exposure to this game, just make sure you play a couple lineups and play both receivers. Cause I feel like that tends to happen where one of them go off and you want exposure in some capacity for green Bay. Yeah. I mean, Rogers and Adams, I, I love, love Adams. Obviously Seattle's defense had been playing better the last couple weeks, but they faced Jacksonville at, in Seattle and they faced the saints who have nothing on offense outside of Alvin Kamara. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not really convinced that their defense has all of a sudden turned, turned a corner. Um, what the backfield, though, I mean, AJ Dillon is taking significant work away from Aaron Jones and Jones has kind of been boomer bust this year to an extent, right? Like he's been five points last week, 24, 8.9, 21, then 18. He's been a little bit better in the beginning of the year, but AJ Dillon looks good every time he gets the football. And yeah, we can't play AJ Dillon yet in DFS, but he, he's getting enough work to where, and again, the last couple weeks, it's been kind of, dependent right the situations have changed last week no Aaron Rodgers the week before that no Adams no Lazard no MVS so it's like okay they played they pretty much played AJ Dillon as a receiver or Aaron uh, Jones as a receiver in that Arizona game and Dillon had 16 carries but I think Jones might go overlooked because of that but we know he has like three touchdown upside he's still getting the goal line work yeah, so LaFleur's come out and said like they're you know limiting Aaron Jones until the playoffs essentially so uh, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to say I'm on him if I'm not going to play him this week. I know I'm not going to play Aaron Jones. So I'm personally not going to do it, but I, I would say like the first week of the playoffs, uh, I'm going to play Aaron Jones because he's going to snap out of the 14 to 16 carries and, and go into, you know, 20 plus. But I, I'm, I'm probably not going to get there. I, I'd need the, the higher volume to make it make sense. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, and look, they got a nice thing going. They've always, you know, even when Jamal Williams is there, he was getting 10 to 12 touches a game, and now AJ Dillon's getting that. So it's not really, not like much has changed. It's just, I don't think Jones is scoring at a rate that he was in the past. So it's, it's, you know, he's obviously been, when he doesn't score, he's not always like the, like the greatest because he, his passing game usage is good, but it's not consistent as, you know, a McCaffrey or Kamara or something like that. Um, but that'll do it for the slate, man. Appreciate you stopping by. It should be a fun slate. You said yourself, this is what your second favorite slate of the year as it stands right now. So yep. hopefully it's a good one. Uh, again, plug everything you got going on at FTN Daily. Again, we're just finished recording this. It's about 4.30 East Coast time on Thursday. So we have Thursday Night Football tonight. So if th- this podcast will be out hours before that. So tell the people what to listen to and watch tonight. Yeah, so I'm going to, as soon as I get off the show, do the uh, the showdown article, do all the rules, all that stuff, talk about the optimizer, hop on the show with Derek Brown. 
30 minutes before lock and uh, talk you guys and gals through the slate, how we're going to attack this. My uh, weekly article for Sunday has just been posted over on FTN Daily. Use the promo code SICKO, SICKO, for 20% off. Get in there, read it. If you're a vet, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, shout out. Uh, yeah, shout out Kevin Adams. You can get, if you listen to this today, go over and uh, DM FTN Fantasy on Twitter. You can get the rest of the season free. Uh, for FTN Fantasy, so make sure you do that. I also do NBA content uh, once uh, every other day whenever football's not on, uh, and then I do the MLB stuff. So we'll do that next year, but go Braves. That's how I want to end it. Go Braves. There you go. And, of course, check out all the other amazing content, FTN Daily, FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets, the Optimizer, NFL, NBA. It is absolutely amazing. It helped Kyle Murray take home a, a GPP on FanDuel and NBA. It can help you with NFL, NBA, and all that great stuff. So check that out. And, of course, FTN Daily Gold. Uh, it's, it launched a couple days ago, so look for that as well. Best of luck in week number 10. Best of luck on Thursday night football. Ravens, Dolphins, probably a good blowout, but always fun to watch when you have DFS and fantasy football implications on the line. We'll be back next week to break down everything that happened in the NFL. Best of luck in week 10 for David Jones. I'm Adam Pfeiffer. Thanks for listening as always. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fade the Chalk with Derek and Adam. Make sure to follow your hosts and the podcast on Twitter at DBRO underscore FFB at AP Pfeiffer 24 and at Chalk Fade. Smash that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.